Greetings, ladies, gentlemen, and Westernites alike. Western Wonder here with the rare TV show recap that I do my best to work on doing more of in the future. All right, so boom. With this review, I checked out the new series, Swarm, streaming on Amazon Prime Video now. Credited by Janine Neighbors in this up-and-coming talent. He calls himself Donald Glover. You might have heard from him. Anyways, coming into this series, I've been hearing a lot of wild things about this show, from to so I said, hmm, let me give it a watch. And after watching the first episode, I was immediately hooked. But I must say the creators behind the show must have some deep-rooted vendetta towards a certain fan base. Not gonna say any names until I get into it shortly. Now just a warning that spoilers will be mentioned throughout the review, so if you don't like spoilers, you may want to give the show a try first and then come back to this review. I know there's some people out there, such as myself, who's late to watching new things. That's okay. But if you don't mind spoilers or you've watched the show in full, then stick around after listening to the trailer and I'll return with my thoughts and the story breakdown by each episode. If I got to do her makeup, I wouldn't be able to touch her face. My hands would be shaking so much. You still tweeting from that old ass swarm account? Mm-hmm. She is not like everybody else. She knows what we're thinking and she gives it a name. She's a goddess. With your feet on the air and your head on the ground. I gotta grow up, Dre. I can't stay here with you. Why are you doing this to me? I had to ask you to leave. Try to strip and spin it. What do you think she's doing right now? Who's your favorite artist? <laughs> You're a killer bee. Part of the swarm. <laughs> Talk about Nyjah. You get stung. They are not your friends. Those are some crazy ass fans. This is feeling a little bit sketchy. You know, I always knew you were gonna be something. I was like, she's so weird. You got a spare in the trunk. No! Damn, you got a dead body in there or something? <laughs> Who is your favorite artist? We have to meet her one day. Promise me. You will. I promise. like her sister better. She seems more like, you know, spiritual. And we're back. To break down the synopsis, it's a little something like this. A young shy woman named Dre, played by Dominique Fishback, is obsessed with this fictional pop singer named Nija. So much so that she runs a fan base account under Nija's fandom named The Swarm. Now, it's rather obvious by this description that the show was directly inspired by singer Beyonce's Beehive fandom. Take that inspired term lightly here. <laughs> Throughout the show, we see how Dre toggles her life and commitment to being one of the most holier-than-thou supportive Swarm members, and it eventually gets pretty messy. 
Starting with episode one, we meet Dre's sister Marissa, played by singer Chloe Bailey, one half of the Chloe X Halle duo that Beyonce has mentored, and a boyfriend Khalid, played by Damson Idris from Snowfall. Now, the opening scene between the two players had people talking on Twitter the moment they heard moaning and groaning, but a 40 second bump and grind sequence couldn't mean anything could happen from this point forward. Similarly to Dre, Marissa is a super fan of Nigel, albeit more down to earth and grounded than Dre might seem. After a tense conversation with Khalid, all the while her booth at work gets vandalized, Dre consoles an emotional Marissa who believes it's best for her to split up with her sister and take some time for herself, all the while dismissing Dre's pleas of his infidelity. Upon her sister's departure, Dre breaks down and goes out to a party to take her mind off of life, and by the end of the night she ends up sleeping with a guy at the event, played by one of the Culkin brothers. N no, it's not the one from the Home Alone movies and not the other one from Succession, but he's the one who has raw meat shown on the screen. And of course, me, thinking nothing of it, thought, meh, it's just one shot of balls. I'm pretty sure it'll just be a one-time occurrence and not like an episode of The Boys. Well, I was wrong about that too. Now, let me be fair in saying that this brother was lucky to not be home alone, dealing with financial debt, or getting asked a daunting question, who's your favorite artist? Remember this quote because it's said a lot throughout the show. The next morning, Dre checks up on her sister who appears to have committed death by suicide hours before in her bedroom after a tense argument with Khalid the night before. Once again, this breaks Dre down and after a while, after being pushed away from her own sister's funeral, she ends up visiting an emotional Khalid to console him, which ultimately turns to a confrontation and his eventual death by murder at the hands of Dre. While this obviously scares her to death, somehow she eventually laughs at the advent of her committing murder and even starts feeling good about it. Now from this point on, it becomes Dre's quest of taking care of the people who wronged her idol, Nyjah, and considering she's a big pop star, that's probably a lot of people she's going to take care of. In episode two, one of three episodes directed by Adama Ibo, one of the filmmakers behind the dark dramedy film Honk for Jesus, Save Your Soul, Dre takes a brief job as a stripper and tries to get information on a particular Twitter user who spoke bad things about Nyjah. During this time frame, she interacts with a fellow pestering yet kind-spirited stripper played by Paris Jackson, who has a funny moment in this episode. I mean, I ran away from my last relationship because he couldn't accept me being black. You're black? Yeah, my dad's half. Half what? Black? Yeah, that's why my stage name's Halsey. But what the hell, what? You do know who Halsey is, right? Have you been living under a rock? She's like the best singer out. Not better than that. Who unfortunately meets a bloody fate along with her boyfriend thanks to Dre and several other strippers who asked Dre to tag along with them at a drug-fueled orgy. After the event, Dre is off to take the strippers back home but her vehicle gets a flat tire after hitting a fork in the road and look who happens to pull up nearby to help, one of Nigel's devoted haters on Twitter. He gives the girls some refuge back at his place while he fixes up the car and meanwhile Dre grills him with that question, who's your favorite artist? And the man replies with a musical artist who has fewer Grammys than Nyjah does. I mean, who does he think he is comparing so-and-so to THE Nyjah? Eventually, Dre tries to kill him by setting up Mace first to make him unconscious, then battering him with a frying pan. But he isn't in the room she sets the trap up in, so after unsuccessfully trying to knock him out with the pan after he enters, the man ends up attempting to choke her to death, which the strippers enter and intervene as it appears to them that he's assaulting her, and one of the strippers ends up shooting him to death. Dre freaks out and leaves them stranded at the scene of the crime. Fuck this shit, I'm out. Fuck this shit, I'm out. In episode 3, it opens with Dre murdering another one of Nyjah's haters. And, uh, 
this opening scene is <laughs> it's something. Who's your favorite artist? What? Who is your favorite artist? Huh? Lil Gibble. How many Grammys does Lil Gibble have? I don't know. I don't know. None. Naja has 26. Do you think Lil Gibble is better than Naja? Please. I don't know. He is not. He is a pedophile who uses the same melody for every song. He couldn't write a hit song without a feature to save his life. He is nothing. But Naja, she's everything. You think you're too good for Naja? No, I don't. Please, I don't. Then why did you say she couldn't keep a man happy? I, I didn't say that. I, I didn't. But you did. And I got the receipts. Nigga. Twitter? Please! Please! All the while circling another hater, a big conservative figure whose face eerily reminds me of Anna de Armas a bit, who makes it out of her sights unscathed, well, at least on screen at least, and getting tickets for a concert and post show in hopes of meeting Nyjah face to face from a DJ, a self-proclaimed vegan with an extremely unhealthy and strangely disturbing obsession with skunks. Yes, you're hearing that correctly, folks. <laughs> skunks this guy even has an exquisite skunk painting i mean would you look at that everybody's so creative two more beyonce references are found in this episode the infamous elevator incident between beyonce's sister slash singer solange and her husband slash rapper jay-z both of whom also get fictional portrayals on the show as well as an incident where comedian tiffany haddish said that she witnessed someone bite beyonce at a party sources said that it was actress Sanaa lathan who said it was nothing but merely a love bite with Dre experiencing the latter when she presumes she's biting a piece of fruit, but in actuality, she's biting her idol. And uh, yeah, that, that's, that's how the episode ends. Her taking a bite, running off, and getting referred to as that chick from Love and Basketball. Google the cast list and you'll get why that line was uttered if you don't get the bit. Now in episode 4, rumors run rampant on who bit Nyjah with the trend hashtag who bit Nyjah has been trending on Twitter for several days. Meanwhile, Dre is on the road to see Nyjah in concert at the Bonnaroo Music Festival, an actual real-life festival in Tennessee, where she gets pulled over on the way. Thankfully, a kind lady and frequent festival-goer named Cricket gets rid of him and offers Dre a place to stay during her time there. While staying in this home, she meets a young lady named Eva, played by this terrific newcomer actress who calls herself Billie Eilish, who turns out to be a leader of this sorority cult of sorts. But she's the first person to get any heavy backstory and realistic outlook on how Dre feels about her journey thus far. When did you first hear Nyjah? In my grandma's house. Describe it. Just relax into the memory. It's okay. I see milk spilled on the carpet. I can hear her in the kitchen she's cooking. Very good. What did Grandma say when you spilled the milk? She said, Dre, what did you do? And she was crying. What color was the milk? It was red. Did you hurt someone? 
A few days go by until Dre realizes, hey, I'm supposed to be at the Nyjah concert. She eventually dips from this cult retreat while running over Eva and beating one of the other sorority members to death, literally, on the way out. Unfortunately, due to all the ruckus, she misses the Nyjah concert at Bonnaroo. Episode 5, featuring a writing credit from, of all people, Barack Obama's daughter Malia, opens with Dre desperately trying to get Marissa's phone she uses to text back and forth with her fixed. But the phone company's employer, played by social media star Ricky Thompson, finds her situation a bit strange and refuses to assist her, even after being bribed with hard-earned cash. Upon her arrival to her hometown in Houston, while Dre's out and about, watching an Ellen DeGeneres rip-off parody discussing who bit Nyja, Dre reunites with Marissa's former boss, Erica, who immediately asks her, where you been? Dre decides to make up some old fables about where she's been up to, mostly makeup related, which while she was watching tutorials her sister used to make before her untimely passing, we the viewer know that wasn't what she was doing. Then the story about her meeting with Nyjah to the surprise and fascination of Erica follows. Dre eventually makes it back over to her family home or breaks into their home as their relationship is very strained to say the least. As we the viewers can start to put the pieces together as to how things fell through between Dre and her family, if she really is blood related that is. Papa Ruffin chases her away from the home with a shotgun and a voice from God. Get the fuck out of here! Fucking income fucking poop! Speaking of the same Ruffin, another extremely meta moment in this episode is realizing that Dre and Marissa's father is played by Leon, the same actor who played David Ruffin in the 90s Temptations biopic film and the family's dog name is Otis, named after one of the other members of the Temptations. Episode 6 jarringly switches from the events happening in Dre's point of view to a Dateline meets first 48 type format with a new character, Detective Loretta Green, who's trying to piece together the string of killings that have happened so far in the story, but with a massive time jump in the change of actors once again. There's a lot more backstory of Dre's life, including her upbringing and eventual obsession of Nyja, who is censored consistently in this episode. I wonder why. Also mentioned here is the incident where she claimed to spill the milk as she confessed to cult leader Eva back in episode 4, and we get different monologues about her, from her adopted mother to the care worker at the foster care facility that she was once housed in. One detail that I liked here between these varying monologues is that the foster care worker doesn't put Dre down or call her out of her name, which is a nice touch. Also there's many tweets from various stands of such artists as Taylor Swift, Nicki Minaj, and others that appear here. But in case you didn't catch any of the shots towards Beyonce's Beehive fan base at this point in this show, they definitely drive the point down to the T in this episode. Now, all this investigating is interesting and all, but I would be lying if I were to say I didn't find myself confused at various points of the story. One big question came up in my mind watching this episode in the follow-up, which I'll get into. Was this Andrea woman real? Or is this a parody of the true crime media that has taken up space in the podcast and television mediums? Things that make you go, hmm. In the seventh and final episode, it follows Dre, now referred to as Tony, as discovered by Detective Green in the previous episode, navigating life in her, his, new identity. And in this episode, we get a different POV of what actually happened at the Nyjah concert that was mentioned in the previous episode, where Dre slash Tony storms the stage and promptly gets tackled and arrested by security. While under this new identity, Tony meets Rashida, a beautiful young woman during a chance moment after her Uber ditched her and her inebriated roommate. The two hit it off very quickly and start a relationship together, and things seem to be going easy for good old Tony slash Dre and this new partnership. 
Tony and Rashida share tender encounters with each other, and Tony even gets to meet Rashida's parents, played by Cree Summer of a Different World and voice acting fame, and Norm Lewis, known for his work on Broadway. It just seems like Tony slash Dre feels more comfortable in their new skin than they ever have this entire show. But you know that all good things don't ever last in this universe. Heartbreak and deceit ultimately breaks Tony slash Dre when Rashida reveals that she is not a fan of Nyjah and literally desecrates Tony slash Dre, Nyjah, her husband, uh, I would presume it would go by ZJ in this universe perhaps, and literally everything about this obsession with Nyjah for well over a minute, while Tony absorbs this in complete stony silence. It was at this point I knew. Molly, you in danger girl. And well, I think you can guess what happened to Rashida after that argument. Let's just say she's taking a very long nap. Well, Tony slash Dre eventually makes it to the Nyjah concert after going through some sharp business with some ticket scalpers. <laughs> sharp business. <laughs> anyway, now needless to say, Tony slash Dre really enjoyed the show. So much so that she jumped on stage to be with Nyjah and... Oh my goodness! Marissa, aka Chloe, as Nyjah? Hmm. Maybe this is how the obsession saga ended in Dre slash Tony's POV, literally embracing her idol in her limousine, instead of being tackled and taken away as it appears in episode 6. You be the judge. Overall, the show was really well done in terms of suspense quality and the story it was telling, even if it fell a bit off track for me in confusing territory with the last two episodes at times. Dominique Fishback gives a stellar performance in the role of Dre, giving you the chills whenever you hear the words, who's your favorite artist? If I'm not far off, is it right for me to say that had this not been a one-off limited series, she could become the black version of Joel Goldberg from Netflix's You? I mean, both parties are very motivated serial killers, albeit Joe obviously has a higher kill count and is more desperate to prove that he isn't who he really is, a serial murderer. And plus, unlike Dre, he doesn't laugh after he kills. But maybe Dre could be the one to take him down in the last season of You that will come out next year. I could already envision the convo if that actually happened. Hello. You. I've been stalking your social media page in hopes that I find that you and I share the same interest. But alas, you don't like Nyjah, the best artist in the world. So why do you follow me, Joe? Who is your favorite artist? Hmm? <laughs> You're not gonna acknowledge me, huh? You know, you and I could have taken over the world with a mutual respect for Nyjah, but alas, you just won't let me in, Joe. But since you want to stalk me and my queen, I know exactly what to do to haters like you. But alas, this is only a dream. Also standing out with guest roles are Chloe Bailey as her sister Marissa, Damson Idris as Khalid, Billie Eilish as cult leader even episode four, who I thought was really good in her part and Leon aka David Ruffin in episode 5. The cinematography, mostly done on film up until the final two episodes, is really well shot. It makes a big chunk of the show feel like it could have been made in the 70s or 80s at times. If I could rate it, I'd give it a solid 8.5 out of 10. 
solid storyline despite the last two episodes still trying to formulate in my head. Some really good performances here, once again, especially from Fishback, who should be considered for an Emmy Award this coming award season. And cinematography work. I really would have loved to see a deeper spin on why Dre was obsessed to the point of murdering people for Queen Nyjah. I feel like there would be some extremely large elephant steps that were missed here. Otherwise, I'd recommend it if you're into the suspense type of medium, with a little dash of weird that goes along with it. And that about wraps up this episode. What did you think about Swarm? Did you like it? Did you hate it? Let me know your comments, feedback, and suggestions of possible future reviews by emailing me, the Western Wonder, at this address, westernreviewspod at gmail.com. That is, westernreviewspod at gmail.com. If you're interested in it being updated with upcoming reviews, skits, and more coming to the podcast down the pipeline, be sure that you're subscribed to the podcast wherever you consume them. And follow the show on my socials, either on my Twitter page, which is at reviews underscore western, or on my Instagram page, which is at westernreviewsofficial. My next review will be a classic animated film. Well, at least it's a classic to me. It went platinum in my home. That by the time of me reviewing it, it'll be available to stream on Netflix. Do you have any clues of what it could be? Let me know, or stay tuned. But until then, thank you for listening to yet another selection from the Western Reviews podcast. Be safe, be joyful, and beware of people who have bees forming nearby whenever they talk about music. Western Wonder, signing out. Bye, have a great time!